Thank you so much. Uh, good afternoon and welcome to the meeting of the Community Investments Committee on Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. Um, may I please get the meeting called to order? Thank you, Commissioner Shiota. Um, roll call, Commissioner Shiota? Here. Commissioner Benavides? Currently not present. Commissioner Brenzel? Here. Commissioner Collins? Currently not present. Commissioner McCoy? Present. Thank you. Commissioner Musley? Currently not present. And Commissioner Shelby? Present. Thank you. We have a quorum for today's meeting. Um, also, for the record, the following staff member members are present Deputy Director of Programs Joanne Lee, Deputy Director of Community Investments Denise Pate, uh, also joining us via WebEx, Senior Program Officer Debbie Ng, and Program Officers Jennifer Chu, Janelle Molina, and Andrickey. Thanks so much. Um, I want to remind us of the policies and procedures for public meetings. At this meeting, we're bound to follow the structure of our agenda and adhere to the best practices set out in the Good Government Guide. At every public meeting, there's a place for general public comment where members of the public may comment on any items pertaining to this body. In this case, please keep your general public comments to the items under the purview of the Community Investments Committee for every item on the agenda. There's also space for public comment pertaining to that item. Respectfully, we ask uh, for members of the public calling by phone. Um, oh, sorry, I'm on the wrong page. Uh, we respectfully ask that you keep your public comments on topic. Each public comment is limited to three minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely via WebEx. For each item, the committee will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Um, there have been some system updates to provide public comments. Therefore, please listen closely to our updated public comment instructions that will be provided by program associate Ari Vasquez. Furthermore, I'd like to address a few virtual meeting housekeeping items. For the public joining virtually, please mute your microphones to minimize background noise. When you speak, you will have to unmute yourselves. Please speak directly into the microphone and introduce yourself when you speak so that others on the phone know who is talking. I will now turn it over to Program Associate Ari Vasquez for public comment instructions. Thank you, Commissioner. And for the record, I would like to announce that Benev uh, Commissioner Benavides has arrived as of 106. Welcome. Thank you. Um, for members of the public who wish to comment on agenda items, the phone number to call for public comment is 415-655-001. The access code is 259-483-75306. Then press pound twice. You will, hear, you will hear a beep when you join the meeting as an attendee. You may also make a public comment using the WebEx link. When you click the WebEx link, you will then be prompted to enter the following information, your first and last name and your email. These fields are, are required. However, if you wish to remain anonymous, you may type public in the first and last name fields. Um, for example, public at public.com in the email field. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location and that all devices around you are muted. So there is no echo when you speak. Members of the public speaking in person, please approach the podium upon um, your time. At the appropriate time, the chair will request your pu for public comment. For members of the public using the WebEx link, please click the hand icon to raise your hand. This will place you in the public comment queue. And when it, when it is your time to speak, you will be unmuted by the moderator. And when it, it, your time is up, you will be muted. 
Members of the public calling by phone, you will be prompted to press star three when the public comment period opens. This will add to the speaker line. And when your microphone has been unmuted, you will hear us ask to state your name and make your comments. You are encouraged, but not required to state your name for the record. I will start your three minutes when you begin speaking using a visual timer. You will also receive a 30 second audible warning. And when your time is up, I will say caller your time is up. At that point, you will be placed on mute and moved out of the speaker line. We will pause briefly before closing public comment to ensure no other commenters are seeking to speak on that item. Participants who are who wish to speak on other agenda items can remain on the line and listen for the next public comment opportunity. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes, if it is 150 words or less, to sfac.grants.sfgov.org. The summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit or it is not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. Public comment instructions will also be shared on the screen during each public comment period. You may notice that WebEx includes a closed captioning function. You may turn off or on those functions on the bottom left corner of your screen. Chair Shiota, please begin the meeting when you are ready. Thank you so much. Um, I'd like to start the meeting by reading our land acknowledgement statement. The San Francisco Arts Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatushalone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatushalone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. As a department dedicated to promoting a diverse and equitable arts and culture environment in San Francisco, we are committed to supporting the traditional and contemporary evolution of the American Indian community. Um, I will now call item two. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item two is general public comment. Uh, is there any public comment for item two? We will be taking in-person public comments first. Uh, for those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. <clears throat> If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue, and the instructions are currently on the screen. We are on item two. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you'd like to speak on other items, anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a brief summary of the comments to be included in the minutes, if it is 150 words or less, to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. Is there any uh, public comment in person? Looks to be there is none. And Jowie, do we have any virtual public comment? Thank you. Public comment is now closed. Thank you so much. Um, I'll now move on to item three. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Um, item three is the cultural equity endowment fund and grant program overview discussion. 
So I will now uh, introduce Director of Community Investments, Denise Pate, to begin the grant program overview discussion. And she's joining us virtually, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Hello. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. You can hear me? Sure can. Okay. Thank you. So um, I'm going to present the cultural equity grants program overview. This is the, the big meeting for us. And so. This year, uh, the applicants recommended for funding were selected through a competitive uh, RFP process with the following process and timeline. Guidelines and applications were released on September 22nd, 2022, and we held one informational grant webinar uh, launched the, that launched the cycle on September 30th, 2022, and two category-specific grant workshops. We had uh, one work sample uh, webinar and one fiscal sponsor webinar with 113 attendees. And then five, we had five cultural ambassadors and the application deadlines were from October 19th, 2022 through February 22nd, 2023. So now I'm pleased to introduce the program officer, Jennifer Chu, who will discuss the cultural ambassador outreach. Thank you. Denise. Good afternoon, Chair Shiota, commissioners, staff, and members of the public. We're pleased to present an overview of the 2023 Cultural Ambassador Program. The 2023 Cultural Ambassadors were paid a modest stipend to help increase awareness of and attendance to SFAC's virtual grant information webinars and applications to SFAC's 2023 Cultural Equity Grant. Cultural Sahar Asa. Eleanor Fernand, Antoine Makuakane, Anna Rojas. Um, they each represented one or more of the communities prioritized by the cultural equity endowment legislation, as you can see on the chart. Black slash African American or African and American Indian or Alaska Native, Arab slash Middle Eastern American or Arab slash Middle Eastern, Pacific Islander, Latin X. Asian American or Asian. Three of the five, 60% of the cultural ambassadors have an existing relationship with at least one of the 10 cultural districts. The two cultural districts not represented are the Sunset Chinese Cultural District and the Pacific Islander Cultural District. These cultural districts were established in 2022 and the community investments team plans to include outreach to these cultural districts as part of our future cultural ambassador and cultural equity uh, grants outreach efforts. And um, so uh, thank you, commissioners. I will now pass it to my colleague, fellow program officer, Jonelle Molina. Thank you, jo Jonelle speaking. Uh, thank staff, So in slide two, Uh, okay, I'll keep it from this distance. Uh, from in this slide, uh, from October to November 2022, the cultural ambassadors promoted our cultural equity grants with their networks and organizational contacts through a combination of social media, word of mouth, email, and phone. Um, in this, our uh, outreach insights, we identified that the top three outreach methods were the SFAC websites which was at 29%, the newsletter, 
32%, and by word of mouth, 22% were the most effective. And then additionally, those already familiar with the SF Arts Commission and who are familiar with we're applying to their grant. Um, and then we do have a quote up there from one of our cultural ambassadors, Sahar Asaf, and they commented, I used my Instagram account and personal email. I believe personal emails are what work best because that is where I received some responses and questions. I know at least one person ended up applying for the artist grant. And so one of the uh, applicants, Amal Bisharat, a Middle Eastern multidisciplinary artist, uh, they identified Sahar Asaf uh, in connecting them with the San Francisco artist category. Commissioners, thank you for your time and consideration. I'll pass back to Denise Payton, our Director of Community. All right, through a rolling open call for panelist applications, staff onboarded 38 panelists through five panelist orientations and panelist tools uh, such as the SFAC panelist handbook were using um, and with category specific grant guidelines and scoring criteria. criteria. The, recent, the release of applications took place December 15th, uh, 22 through February 24, 23, and nine panelist grant reviews took place over 14 days from January 18th, 2022 to March 22nd, uh, 2023. So the, uh, we'll show you the cultural equity grant impact program by numbers. Uh, we have this handy graphic here uh, that shows activities, the funding, and what it supports. So there was a total of 181 applicants. 115 grantees were recommended for funding, so that means we had a 64% success rate, which I think is really good uh, for this kind of agency. Um, uh, 5,054,691 is the total amount recommended for funding to 44 organizations and 71 individual artists across all 11 districts, supervisory districts. And 17% of the organizations were first-time SFAC grant recipients and 39% of the individuals are first-time SFAC grant recipients. So it's my pleasure now to introduce Senior Program Officer Debbie Ng, who will discuss the Cultural Equity Grant Program demographics. Thank you so much, Denise, and um, Chair Shiota, members of the Commission and members of the public, good afternoon. I'm pleased to uh, provide a visual representation of grantees, uh, next slide. Um, as they are distributed across San Francisco's neighborhoods, um, we find that grantees are reflective of San Francisco's most dense communities, including the Mission District, the Tenderloin, and Soma. And so this is a, a really helpful uh, kind of quick view of where our grantees reside and work and have their home base for their organizations. Moving forward, we'll be going into a detailed breakdown of grantees and the greater applicant pool. Uh, by supervisor district and I want to offer special thanks to program associate Ari Vasquez for their incredible work analyzing and visualizing the data that you will see on the following slides. On this slide here, we are viewing the cultural equity grant demographics by district. Um, at the top in blue, you'll see that 
Um, we have the total number of applicants in each district, um, again in blue. The chart below displays the percentage of grantees in each district in yellow. So it gives you a proportional, um, it gives you a sense of the proportion of applicants and grantees that applied and then were awarded in each district. Um, we reached all 11 districts in our outreach, as well as we funded in all 11 districts, which I think is really remarkable. Um, lastly, we find that we are awarding purport grants proportionate to those who applied. For example, in District 9, uh, it has the highest representation in the applicant pool and therefore the most representation in the grantee pool. The map of supervisor districts is located on the far right for reference. Next slide. Here we've provided analysis of the individual grantees and applicants for you. This slide compares demographics of individuals, applicants in blue to grantees in yellow. The numbers reflect the 71% of individual artist applicants that answered the applications optional survey. Again, we see that the graphs demonstrate similar trends in the proportions of racial categories of those who applied and who were awarded. A few highlights to share. 6% of individual grantees identify as Black or African American, 12% identify as multiracial, and note half of respondents in the multiracial category identify as American Indian, have an origins in North, Central, and or South America or Alaskan Native, 20% identify as Latinx, and 27% identify as Latin American slash Asian. As seen on the graph to the right, the racial categories of our applicant pool directly reflect the cultural equity endowment groups and that of San Francisco's greater residential population, with SF's white population as the largest racial group than Asian and thirdly Hispanic or Latino. Next slide, please. Uh, on slide 16, we have a similar demographic review of the organizations. They were asked um, how many to select groups that they serve that are 50% or more of the majority. So this is asking organizations that have a BIPOC majority to indicate which communities they serve. In the 64 organizations that responded, 67% of them reported a BIPOC majority for their intended audiences. The graph displays the communities that organizations primarily target in their services as seen in the grantee pool in red and applicant pool in blue. We see Asian American or Asian, Latinx, and Black African American or African as the three most represented groups served by organizational grantees. And a few highlights as well. 4% uh, serve a majority Arab or Middle Eastern community. 4% serve a majority American Indian audience. 26% serve a majority Black or African American audience. 33% serve a majority Latinx audience, and 30% serve a majority Asian or Asian American audience. Again, this is uh, aligned with the um, aligned and also exceeding um, the racial demographics of San Francisco's uh, census, most recent census data. So in conclusion, every district applied and was awarded. Number of grantees are proportionate to the applicant pool. Those who applied or were awarded are reflective of our cultural equity endowment legislation, our racial equity mandate, and our San Francisco's racial, racial demographics. Our grant review processes demonstrate an open and transparent process. Um, and we've gathered all this applicant information to confer as a team to inform our outreach strategies for the next cycle of grants. 
I just want to thank you commissioners for your time. Please let me know if you have any questions. Uh, this information should also be in your explanatory documents. Thank you so much for that great presentation. Um, I love seeing all the statistics. I really appreciate all the hard work. That's a lot of panels to do in a short amount of time. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will now call for public comment. Is there any public comment on item three, cultural equity endowment fund and grant program overview? We will be taking uh, in-person public comments first. And for those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you are listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. And instructions are currently on the screen. We are currently on item three. And as a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. And anyone who speaks during public comment period today at today's meeting can send a brief summary of the comments to be included in the minutes. If it is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. There looks to be no in-person public comment. Jowie, is there any uh, virtual public comment? Um, there looks to be no virtual public comment. Um, I've been noted. I did, yeah, I did go out of order. And so I would uh, call for um, any other commissioner questions or comments mm -hmm. and then question. Uh, we'll, we'll do that. And then do we need to do public comment again after that? Yeah, let's go back to commissioner discussion slash comments yeah. and we'll go on from there. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Commissioner McCoy here. I have a few questions and I, uh, first of all, I want to say I, there is a huge amount of work here. So congratulations to the entire team on, on the level of effort and the huge lift for, um, <laughs> everything here. Um, one question I had, um, if we go to slide 1. Is that possible Denise, if you can go or whoever's driving to go to slide 1. Um. Sorry, uh, one more slide forward. It's the first graph, this one here. I'm just curious about the cultural ambassadors. Um, I've never really seen the like African-American, African and Native American bunch to uh, group together. Is there a specific reason for this? Um, did you wanna address that? Jennifer can. Um, the reason why those communities are grouped together is because um, one of our cultural ambassadors, Antoine Hunter Purple Fire Crow, identifies as um, uh, Black, African American, and um, Native American, Alaskan Native. So that's why we put them together in that um, in the graph. Because one cultural ambassador has um, multi-racial. That hmm. I can I can clarify that the individual um, categories are listed out separately in our demographic survey. However, if someone is multiracial and they have multiple identities, they are able to select more than one identity, and so that is the identity that is expressed um, here because there was one individual. 
a cultural ambassador that did um, encompass multiple racial demographics. Okay, and then the next, thank you. Um, the next question that I did have was really about the um, uh, the award demographic. Um, I know that there, I just wanna hear maybe a little bit more about type of outreach that we're doing in other districts, because it does seem very, um, we're, not, we're not in balance yet between all the districts and the awards. With District 9 really heavily weighted there. Right. Okay. Um, so I can speak, let me start and then I'll invite any of the program officers. Um, we do multiple levels of outreach um, from our general newsletter and social media. I think another way we can work more closely with the different districts is partnering with the supervisors to prom promote the grant activities and opportunities through their listservs and stakeholder um, you know, constituent emails. I think that's a great point. We note that we would like to see an increase both in applications and um, grants in all the districts. Um, and this happens to reflect the density of each community and it reflects, um, it's consistent with how dense certain neighborhoods are, as well as the number of um, cultural organizations that might um, reside in specific districts. Um, so that is something that we, um, you know, are monitoring and um, are um, investing in um, better outreach strategies, better tools to reach more of the districts and at least to have more applications and grants going to, to many of the districts. Um, sorry, <laughs> commissioners. One last question. Have we, ever, have we ever considered not looking at this from a district standpoint and we actually look at looking at this from more of a micro standpoint um, and looking at the actual neighborhoods versus the districts? Some of the district divisions are kind of uh, interesting, mm -hmm. and I know there's been a lot of uh, <laughs> controversy regarding our districts. Mm -hmm. um, is this ever has this ever been considered? We also have a neighborhood approach where we partner with our cultural centers and other community groups to promote the activity. So. While this is one data point, we certainly recognize the overlap and the nuance of all the different communities and neighborhoods. So that is part of our consideration as well is um, not being so we're not just defining outreach by the districts, but this is often uh, the data that the supervisors um, are interested in seeing. So we want to make sure that we're showing and de demonstrating we are reaching all of the districts. But certainly we're looking at neighborhoods, you know, Western Edition, Fillmore, Bayview, Hunters Point. Um, that is definitely part of our consideration and in our outreach. Okay, because actually this is, that was the exact reason I, this stood out to me because Bayview, Hunters Point in one of the slides had only three awardees. And um, which um, was quite interesting and District 10 is quite large. Mm -hmm. um, so that was uh, interesting that we're seeing the Bayview, Hunters Point neighborhood maybe I, you know, it's not a qualified statement, but it's, it, I'd like to see how they're being represented. Okay. Um, is there any other? Please. I'm still not clear about um, how the cultural ambassadors are selected as far as uh, you said. So let me just be clear. The one that's representing African-Americans also represents Native Americans. Mm -hmm. And that's because they identify as both. Yeah, and I don't know what I would say they represent. I think they just they identify. They're multiracial. They identified self-identified as multiracial. Who, who is the uh, commissioner? Did I hear Antoine? Antoine Hunter. The, the yes. I, I hate to interrupt. Can we have you please speak in the mic, just so it's all also in the recording? Mm -hmm. We can reference that material. There's one next to you on your right and left. 
Okay. Thank you. So they self-identified as multiple races. Yes. Um, would that ever be a problem in the future if someone wanted that they weren't that say, well, I have, you know, this in my background, so I'm going to represent this group of people. Is that a, I mean, I, I guess I'm not clear on that. How do you assure that the representation is, is actually happening? Um, I'm not sure what your question is. We base the information on their and trust and identify uh, based on their, how they self identify. Um, it is a survey. It is optional and it is something that's information that they've provided to us. It may be personal information, but it's information that we'd like to share to ensure that we are reaching a broad um, breadth of uh, communities. And, and viewpoints and, um, uh, you know, perspectives. I, I maybe add as Commissioner McCoy, I think 1 of the things that. Um, going back to the comment, and I think uh, I know where uh, Commissioner Shelby might be concerned here is like, I think we've heard that there's a, um, in many notes of the work that we do, um, the focus on making sure that there is uh, uh, representation between the African, African American community and separately the Native American community. So uh, having that combined together, we just wanted to make sure that there was adequate, sorry. Adequate races <laughs> representation. Okay. Thank you for your comments. Um, appreciate that. And um, you know, we we um, certainly know that there are. Um, it's a it's a complex issue, right? It's a complex issue how people identify in their own personal kind of um, how they represent themselves. And you know, we are certainly sensitive to those issues in the community, um, and roots in the community are important. Um, we are aware of that, and so this is something. It's an ongoing conversation. Um, but you asked Commissioner Shelby how or um, uh, cultural ambassadors identified and selected. It is an open call, so we we know we invite um, commissioners to help not only share the word about share the word about our cultural ambassador applications, but um, our grant review um, opportunities, becoming a panelist. This is where you all have incredible reach and you have incredible expertise. And knowledge in your communities and your artists communities and so help us make sure that we're, we're reaching uh, the districts, the communities, the neighborhoods, the artists that you uh, would like to see as part of the applicant pool or the grantee pool or as a cultural ambassador. Um, we'd like to work with you maybe more robustly in the summer bef before we do the outreach, because mm -hmm. I think this is an area that is definitely ripe for time, more consideration, mm -hmm. more of your knowledge and tapping into your knowledge prior to the outreach phase, just so we can really download and understand your perspectives. Um, this is our, our big meeting of the year, and we often don't have a chance to work with you proactively on the front end. We're kind of at the, on the end of the grant cycle, but we love to really, um, if you are, are open to it, uh, tap into your knowledge and expertise and community so that we are um, making sure we're reaching um, everyone in the right way. So I appreciate that. Um, very much. Yeah, I think I'll speak for all the commissioners here. We'll be very open to helping with that process, identifying, and also getting that that information out there into our um, communities. Because I think this is a very important piece of all of this, and we'd love this to you know to have um, representation throughout. Thank you. Uh, this is um, Chair Shiota, and one of the one of the 
takeaways that I got from touring the Bayview Opera House uh, a couple weeks ago was the idea that these community centers can be a base for technical um, assistance, right? Where people gather and they say, okay, there's this grant cycle coming up. And then, you know, literally they're doing meetups and classes and they're taking them through week by week. Like, here's the process. What does that question mean? Okay, here's how you have to follow up. So I think that those, um, you know, uh, when you talk about neighborhood by neighborhood, just being able to have a touch point access. Of course, so many of the community centers were closed the last couple of years. So I think that's part of the ideal state is getting some regular programming um, within the community centers for that technical assistance, informational um, outreach purpose. So I definitely heard that from, from um, the executive director there, Quincy McCoy uh, and um, Smiley, uh, who does the programming. Um, they were very enthusiastic about it. So. Uh, um, the other commissioner, I have a question. Yeah. Um, and it's just related, you know, it's my first meeting. Sorry, Commissioner Brenzel. And um, thank you, everybody, for all this information. It's super informative. And I'm curious if you keep trend information um, going back some number of years and if that's something we could see at some point. I'm particularly interested, you know, like, is this a typical? year with the terms of number of applicants? Is this typical in terms of the hit rate or award rate? Um, and maybe even some of these demographic questions, how are they over time? Because it might be interesting as we think about the future to see kind of where we've come from or what sort of a, what sort of seems like um, a typical year. So that, that's just, as a new person, I'm always interested, okay, well, what came before me um, and what came before this year? Thank you. Yeah, I can just respond. Thank you, Commissioner Benzo. We will um, post uh, the May 1st full commission approvals. We'll have a sort of um, a moment to do an analysis of this year's uh, grant cycle, and we'll do a three to five year analysis as well of trends. So um, I think we're at a great point. That's a great, great suggestion. And if that's something um, that we can provide in the future, we're happy to do that. Um, we're definitely interested in trends and, you know, the changing demographics of San Francisco, making sure we're responsive and uh, reaching all communities. So uh, it's, I second that and uh, wholeheartedly that's on our, it's on our work plan for the summer. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, any other commissioner comments or questions? All right, seeing none. And um, so we do, we have done public comment. Um, so I am okay to go on to item number four. Oh, actually, no, no. Uh, yes, did you want to, um, mix trick, Tricky, did you want to come in? I'm just going to come up at some point. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so uh, let's see, we're, we're on item four, yes? Thank you. So I'm going to call item number four. If you wish to make a public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you'll be called on at the appropriate time. So item number four is the cultural equity grant program FY 23 funding recommendations discussion. So I'm again going to introduce senior program officer Debbie Ng uh, to present the panel recommendations for the fiscal year 2023 funding. 
Thank you again, Chair Shiota. Um, I am pleased to share the fiscal year 23 grant allocation overview. Um, this is the information you see on the slide up here and in your explanatory documents. Uh, we had a total of $8,961,961 in funding requests, um, just shy of 9 million, <laughs> it's a lot of numbers, and are recommending um, $5,054,961 in grant awards. So just over a little bit over 5 million. 88 arts organizations applied with a total request amount of 7,141,661 across four distinct grant categories, cultural equity initiatives, creative space, native arts and cultural traditions, special grant, and the artistic legacy grant award. In terms of individuals, 93 artists applied in the San Francisco artist grant category and were reviewed in the five years of experience or less and multidisciplinary panels with a total request amount of $1,820,300. Um, next slide. Um, okay, and that concludes my presentation of this slide. Let me know if there's any questions about the overview. Um, okay, are there any commissioner uh, questions or discussion? Is there any public comment on item four? Uh, we'll be taking in public comment uh, first. Um, for those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen and we are currently on item four. The reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking and you will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a brief summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. Jowie, do you have any virtual public comment? There are no um, public Oh, we have one single uh, virtual public comment. Welcome to the Arts Commission um, Community Investments meeting. We're on item four, cultural equity grant program, FY23 funding recommendations. Caller, you have three minutes. I will start your time once you begin speaking and you will be muted when your time is up. Yes, hi, uh, my name is Barbara Arco, um, previous executive director of the Bayview Opera House and now I'm running the Shipyard Trust organization also in Bayview. And I just um, was intrigued by your conversation about why there maybe are not more grant applicants from Bayview or District 10, but I have experience with Bayview mostly. Um, I just wanted to say that maybe it needs to be looked at a little bit more holistically. I know that through the Dreamkeeper Initiative, both the African American Arts and Cultural District and the Bayview Opera House have gotten fairly vast amounts of funding in the last year or two and two um, if, from the Dreamkeeper money and the way they're giving out that money has a much lower bar than any of these grant applications. I know that these grant applications have been simplified greatly from the way they were years ago, but they're still not nearly simple enough for most of the individuals and groups that are trying to get that money. 
like if you want to try to get a like a grant secure the bag grant from the Bayview Opera House you fill out a simple Google form and that is it and even that is challenging to some of the people who then you know actually are awarded and um, put on events at the Bayview Opera House so I think even in these technical workshops and things it is simply beyond most individuals and organizations capability to go through that process that would otherwise be applying and that are now applying for these more simple grants so i think if you want to reach more of those people the the process for that maybe needs to be have a structure like the you know the dreamkeeper grants that are funneled through an organization that has the capacity to do that to people who just do not have the capacity if you feel that they should have the money and that they could use it in a meaningful fashion. So that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is there any other public comment? Charlie, is there any further virtual public comment? Uh, there are no uh, virtual public comments at this time. Uh, public comment is now closed. Thank you so much. Um, any other questions or comments from my commissioner colleagues? We will just have to move on to item five. I just have one more question. <laughs> um, if we can go back to the, the uh, your first page. Um, I just, uh, looks like for the cultural equity initiatives, we're about 50% um, uh, success rate or grant or funding. Um, is that norm? Is that average over the years that this has been happening? Um, yes, uh, thank you, Commissioner McCoy. Um, this is Debbie Ng. Um, yes, it is on average um, about correct. Um, you know, it, it's an incredibly competitive, all of our grants are incredibly competitive, but particularly uh, the cultural equity initiative. It is a two year grant for $100,000. So um, we don't, we, we stretch the funds as much as we can um, and reach as many uh, organizations and individuals as, as much as we can, but that is about um, correct on, on par with uh, past uh, percentages. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, um, that was a discussion item. So I'm going to move on to item number five. Uh, if you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called in at the appropriate time. So item number five is fiscal year 23 funding recommendations, a discussion, discussion and possible action. Um, so I will now. Uh, Give it to Deborah Ng. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you again. I am just, I just have the pleasure of um, introducing the program officers who will pre be presenting a deep dive into the funding recommendations for each grant category. And I want to thank each of them for their incredible work during this grant cycle. Uh, first, we have Ann Tricky, who will provide an overview of the San Francisco artist grant category. Yes. We're figuring out the mic situation. Hi, everyone. So good to see you. Um, I do have my prepared notes, of course, but, um, you know, I rose, I wrote, raised my hand because I do have some historical knowledge on trends if you want to know. But since we are looking at current funding recommendations, I'm only talking about what we saw this year. So it is my pleasure to give you an overview of the San Francisco Artist Grant recommendations for this year, fiscal year 23. This year, for the first time, we held entirely multi-genre panels. 
So, and the reason was, is because feedback from applicants in the last few years since I've been working in this category, which is six years at this point, has demonstrated that genre segregation is actually a barrier to access. Artists in this category are often proposing multi-genre panels, or excuse me, projects, and they also work in experimental practices, which we did not have in our list of like approved genres, right? Um, this move, going to multi-genre uh, panels, really capitalized on our success from the last two years, where we've been grouping applicants with five years or less experience together, right, as a way to help folks who are maybe emerging artists coming into this category. So based on the last two years, Having all those five-year folks together, those are all, are all multi-genre folks, you know, all together. That was really successful. So this year we did multi-genre across the board. Um, also, since our legislation itself and the application, they're not genre specific. The legislation is about communities. It's not about genre. So this actually, you know, increased accessibility and is rooted in the original intent of the legislation about reaching the communities, right? So I'm excited about all of our recommended projects, but I want to highlight two. Um, the first is a personal archive project by, ooh, sorry, take a breath, Alexander Lee Morris Davis. Alexander is a first-time grantee and member of San Francisco's African-American Black community. He said, quote from his application, I've never heard of SFAC before around this time last year, and I thought to myself, why did it take so long for me to hear about this? Not that I don't try my hardest to find opportunities like this, but it is way easier to find some trouble. He has decades of undeveloped 35 still um, images, films, and Super 8 film that he's taken, focused on street culture and skating and his own personal travels that he will develop into an exhibition. So I thought that was really exciting. And then the second artist that I want to highlight is Gazelle Samizé. Gazelle is an Afghan immigrant who is using personal experience and her own professional humanitarian work for an immersive installation called Compassionate Exclusion. And this is another quote from her application. Um, her project addresses the unfair bureaucracy and valuation system used to accept deserving immigrants into the US immigration system. Gazelle's gonna build an AI algorithm that governs an interactive structure as part of her installation. So there's four rooms. It's based on um, you know, a sacred garden from uh, the Quran, and she's working on the fourth room, and it's part of this work that she has been working on with her humanitarian work. So I think both of these applicants really demonstrate how grouping these five-year folks together and lowering this barrier to entry, you know, which we just heard public comment about, with our technical assistance and more accessible language really reaches the communities that we are mandated to serve via the endowment. So that's my presentation on this, but I'm happy to take any questions, if you have any. Commissioner McCoy again. <laughs> Hi, um, thank you for that. I'm um, incredibly excited to hear uh, about uh, the category changes or the, the walls being taken down, because um, as we talk about art, most artists do not like to put walls up, so it's <laughs> counterintuitive to what they do. Um, but one of the things that you first said was that we are we were successful in this. Yeah. And I just am curious about what are your success measurements? Absolutely. So we we have never had we never before I started working on this, we didn't group folks based on their like experience level. And so as you heard from Barbara Ockel and as we had heard from the community, this grant was really difficult to access. It was using four white wall language. It was using academic language. It was using genres. The way it was defining genres meant that you had to have like a 
very involved career before you could even apply for the funding. And so a couple of years ago, we were like, how do we change this um, and make it so that we have more like emerging artists come into this program? And so my, my measures are like how many new folks, under five-year folks came in. Um, we had a really high percentage of them come in this time. I think it was over 60, but I don't have the number in front of me. It's more than the last two years. And then also, you know, I do a lot of like one-on-one -on -one feedback, both in my technical assistance with applicants and then post kind of a post-mortem, like how did it go? And everyone who was part of those thought that it was like so much more easier for them to understand what was going on, right? The conversations, instead of being about these like deep genre specific, almost hierarchical language became about, you know, access and equity, honestly, like we're, we're using this racial equity lens. The panelist conversations are deep dives into racial equity, what that means, what the answers are that folks are providing us, and then also how that affects like the projects that we want to fund as the commission. So those are my measures. They're a little bit gray area. I don't have hard numbers, you know, based on the trends, but I do keep numbers in my head about like how many applicants we have this year, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think all, um, even the number of new applicants is a great uh, indicator. And um, I just, I think this is really a, a huge step forward. I just want to encourage us to continue to kind of tear up down those things that we are traditional or that we think are maybe working, but maybe there's another perspective, you know, the classic blind spots that we all have. Um, but this is, that's, I think I'm excited and uh, encouraged by that work and congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I have a question. Um... I I'm, hate to interrupt. I just do want to mention and remind uh, uh, commissioners that after the presentation, there will be a motion to approve, and then there'll be room and space for commissioner discussion and comments. Um, so, before we approve, we need the motion first. The motion. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for keeping us uh, on track there. Um, so item number five, sub item number one is the fiscal year 23 funding recommendations for San Francisco artist grants. So, um, I am asking for a motion to approve the funding recommendations to the San Francisco artist grant panel to award 71 grants totaling $1,413,800 to the following individuals and to enter into grant agreements with each artist or their fiscal sponsor for amounts not to exceed the following at this time. So I am going to read the list out uh, as per the, the needed uh, recording. Um, number one is Aji Ray um, for 18500 Alexander Lee Morris Davis, $20,000. That's number two. Number three is Alicia Escott, $20,000. Number four, Alita Edgar, $20,000. Five, Alalua Panis, $20,000. Number six, Allison Lovejoy, $20,000. Number seven, Alyssa Mitchell, Fiscal Sponsored Dancers Group Incorporated, $16,800. Number eight is Amal Basharat uh, for $20,000. Number nine, Andrea Rodriguez, $20,000. Number 10, Anne Albagli, $20,000. Number 11, Annie Sprinkle, $20,000. 12 is Anthony Jimenez, $20,000. 13, Arthur Koch, $18,500. 14 is Irene B. Almario, $20,000. 15, Benjamin David Barnes, $20,000. 16, Brianna Grogan, $20,000. 
17, Carol Queen, PhD, 20,000. 18, Carolyn Ho, 20,000. 19, Charles Slender White, 20,000. 20, Christine Hoon, 20,000. 21, Chuck Wilt, 20,000. 22, Chun Yu, 20,000. 23, Clara Sue. 20,000, 24, Conrad J. Benedicto, 20,000, 25 is Cornelius, 20,000, 26, Dugu Gun, oh, Dewey Gun, Dewey Goo Goon, sorry, I'm, I'm reading this phonetically, so thank you for the, for the uh, help on that, 26, uh, and that is $20,000, 27 is Eddie Navia, 20,000, 28 is Elizabeth Rivera, for 20,000, 29, Emily Hansel, 20,000, 30, Emma Logan, fiscal sponsor, Earplay, 20,000, 31, England Hildalgo, 20,000, 32 is Esha Reddy, 20,000, 33, Eugenie Chan, fiscal sponsor, Intersection for the Arts, 20,000, uh, 34 is Gazelle Semi. Semize, and that is 20,000. 35 is Geraldine Montano, 20,000. 36, Gina Stella Delicinta, 20,000. 37, Greta Snyder, 20,000. 38, Harvey Magsese Lozada, 20,000. Um, 39 is Helen Shewolf Sang. 20,000, 40 is Idris Akamore, 20,000, 41, Jeremy Chan, 20,000, 42 is Jethro Paddlinghog uh, at 20,000, 43 is John Jang, fiscal sponsor, Asian Pacific American Community Center, 20,000, 44 is Julian Delgado Lopera, 20,000, 45 is Jules Kelly, 20,000. 46, Kirti Bassendine, 20,000. 47 is Margot Gomez, 20,000. 48 is Margaret Timbrell, 20,000. 49, Mary Zell Ungo, 20,000. 50, Michelle Marie Robles Wallace, 20,000. 51, Olivia Ting, 20,000. 52, Pam Benjamin, 20,000. 53, Patricia Diart, 20,000. 54, Patrick Makuakane, 20,000. Uh, 55, Quentin uh, Navia. Um, Suke Pena Panchamama uh, at 20,000. Um, 56 is Ranko Ogora, 20,000. 57, Rebecca Rodriguez Mondragon, 20,000. 58, Richard Marriott, fiscal sponsor is Circuit Network, 20,000. 59 is Ryan Gordon at 20,000. 60 is Sarah Shelton Mann, fiscal sponsor is Circuit Network, 20,000. Shannon Kurashige, is 20,000, Shireen Melania, 20,000, Steve Yoon, uh, we're on number 63, is 20,000, 64, Susanna Smith, 20,000, 65, 
Takeshi Moro, 20,000. 66, Tina Del, Del Elia, 20,000. 67, Toshia Maranek, 20,000. 68 is Tracy Grubbs, 20,000. 69, Trixie Carr, 20,000. 70 is Violetta Luna. Fiscal Sponsors Galleria Studio 24 at 20,000. And 71 is Wawi Amasha, 20,000. Forgive me any um, misrepresentation <laughs> of Violetta. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much, Commissioner. Uh, for the record, number 43, John Jang, the fiscal sponsor is um, Asian Pacific Cultural Center for 20,000. Um, that sounded like a Jeopardy thing. Um, and thank you for your patience. Just to inform y'all on the structure moving forward, there will be uh, the sub item, then we'll list the, you know, our grantees or proposed grantees. Thankfully, no more than 70 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, then discussion and the space to speak and then a final motion. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, uh, I will now call for any additional commissioner discussion or comments. So, I have a question um, and it has to do with the panelists. I know we've moved to a, a multi genre, a genre and you know, I, I haven't, I did a couple panels and must have been almost 20 years ago. Commissioner. Things have changed a little bit. Commissioner, I hate to interrupt again. Sorry. It's all right. It's all right. I, I know things have changed a little bit, but um, I was reading through the bios. I didn't really see any practicing musicians. Or how is that actually? Because there are practicing musicians who apply probably more than um, than most uh, outside of music. Um, and so, is do you feel like that was a challenge in reviewing the grants or? Were uh, I mean, I don't know how many musicians applied. Uh, I don't know how many were denied. I see who who actually won, but um, I'm wondering if that was a challenge in uh, in reviewing these grants. And I know that the concept seems to be changing just a little bit uh, as opposed to a deep dive into a genre to a much you know the more of the concept of cultural equity. But um, I'm wondering at the expense of of opening it up where actually were there any artists who've been in this who have won in the past who've been a part of our community that may have been penalized a little bit i mean i think that's a very valid question um i think one of the things that is going on is that some of the panelists that are coming in to the program are also new to this process and are a little shy about their bios. So I think some of them didn't actually put like everything that they do. For instance, I can think off the top of my head, three different practicing musicians in two different panels out of the three that we held. So, you know, including one who's a composer of new music and practicing musician, another who's also a composer, filmmaker and practicing musician. I think he listed his, his like music website but didn't like go into the specificity and then another person who's um, like a regular performer. So I, I think there's there's that, right? Is like how much information is the panelist bio giving you versus like the actual intake process that I go through with everybody. But my goal is to get the widest range of experience for every single panel. Um, and that means, you know, I did a little dive because I thought you might ask this question um, about just how many different um, kinds of practicing or like high level practicing work we have in. 
And so music comes in at around 17%, um, 15 applications of the folks that were awarded. And that's pretty standard over the last three years. That's about as many that we've been getting. It hasn't gone up, it hasn't gone down, specifically for music. Um, we do have, I mean, all of these are pretty much what I've seen the last few years. Uh, the biggest representation always is dance performance theater, which con contains music, right? Those projects can sometimes contain actual writing of music or the engagement of musicians in order to perform the dance. It can be new, it can be reset. And sometimes the focus of the grant is not, the narrative doesn't go into as many details about how much the music is involved, but it's still part of what's happening. And so um, to bring it back to your question, like being penalized, I don't think folks are penalized based on genre. I think what happens is the question is about explaining your process. The actual question in the project um, category, you know, in the application is, Explain, it's like, what are you doing and how are you doing it? It's very basic. And I think what happens is sometimes people can't explain that. It's in their head and they know what it looks like. But translating that, you know, sometimes it's into English, sometimes it's into a nice, neat paragraph, can be difficult for folks. And so part of the things that I do with the technical assistance is, one, um, I make sure that both the panelists and the applicants know a full sentence is not required to make us understand what you're doing and how you're doing it. Bullet points work, right? And we have some applicants in the list who did not list out like a full nice neat paragraph, right? So I think it's more about like, I think some people assume that the panelists are gonna go do their own research on the applicants. And that's actually part of our equity work. We say you can only look at what's in the application because that's what all the panelists see. So that means you really have to tell your full story in the application. And I think that's the technical assistance we need to do, how to help people understand how to tell the full story with the narrative, with the work samples, and with the resume. You know, work samples and resume continue to be a pain point for folks, because if you're not used to writing a resume as an artist, you know, sometimes we get everybody's Starbucks, like, list of what they've been working at, right, versus a tailored resume, and then those are just regular technical things that come up. You know, we haven't done a specific like resume workshop, but we do have a work sample workshop. So those are things that I've identified and developed technical assistance for. Um, so back to your question, I don't think genre folks are penalized. I think what happens is if people assume and don't ask, that's where the confusion happens. Does that help? Yeah, uh, it helps. But I also think that it's important that, I don't know why they would be shy of saying they're not a practicing musician unless they're not a practicing musician. And that could have problems evaluating particularly artists that aren't writing for dance or writing for theater, but they're writing music. And I didn't see any practicing musician there that that would be able to, now maybe there's no musician got, I call it penalized, but whatever, I'm not sure. But, um, but I do see that as a potential problem going forward. And I think it's important that there are panelists that have historical knowledge of the city, not that they're going to pre-vote um, on somebody, but you know that they know a little bit about, a little bit, or, or at least ask questions about the artists that they are evaluating. And you know, we had a discussion, full disclosure, but I just know that uh, um, that could be a problem in the future uh, when you have an artist who says they're a musician, but they also do this, they all do that, but you know, they're not really maybe in the best position to evaluate 
I'm speaking specifically of musicians. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I well, think that, that that is something that might want to be um, considered in the future. Else there might be musicians who do get penalized because that's all they do is write music. They're mm -hmm. composer. They've been doing it forever, maybe in some cases, or maybe they're new, but they're not being uh, evaluated in the, the lens of just specifically music. Well, and I would argue, sorry, maybe I would posit that the application is not genre specific and the goals of the legislation are not genre specific. It's been in our guidelines since I've started that what we're funding are the communities and the individuals from those communities that are listed in the legislation. That's about culture and ethnicity and you know disability gender. That's not about your niche genre. That's been an ongoing, you know, I would say pain point for folks misunderstanding the actual like goal of the equity endowment itself. Now, I'm not saying that that isn't something to consider. You know, one of our pain points for us is that San Francisco is such a small community. We cannot have panelists that have more than two conflicts sit on our panel. And what I was getting is folks in dance and theater having like over three conflicts and then they would have to step down. And we would have invested in them like reading the applications, getting to a point sometimes the day before the panel and then having to step off because of the number of conflicts because they know everybody or they're working with everybody. A lot of people are. So that's one thing that, you know, is kind of like the art of the grant making, right? I would say similar to the cultural ambassador, you know, ask if you have folks that you think should be sitting on the panel, please send them to me. I recruit year round. I recruit year round. I recruit everywhere I go. I already have people on the list. So if you have folks that you think should be there, specifically if that's what you want to see represented, send them to me. This is a pretty, you know, hefty amount of work, right? Like the panelists who got to this place, they did at least 40 hours of reading plus the two days of panel, which is 16 hours. So they have to be prepared to commit to that level of work to create this output. And we are paying you know, a much higher rate, thank you, Joanne and, De and Debbie for raising that rate. Um, but it is you know, a significant amount of work in order to, to create this output. And I think that's not always seen just in the end game and the numbers, right? Those are like multiple conversations, all of the research, all of it. So I would say some of that's not visible in the final output. Well, I um, am very thankful for the work that y'all do because uh, I have uh, sat through you know, and, and read through the grants and the work samples. Uh, but you went back to the, the cultural ambassador. For me, I just think that the cultural ambassador should be representing the community that they come from. That's all I'm saying, because that could cause opposite problems. That can cause problems if you're not from that community. But you're identifying with that community. Oh, I hear that. My my point was that if if you folks as commissioners know people you want to see represented in our work, that's where I was just saying send them our way. Okay. Whether they're a cultural ambassador, a panelist, a grant potential grantee, you know, like I said, I do this work year round. You see it in April, but this is a year round, you know, recruitment process. Yeah, I think um, um just like the other comment we've made, we'd love to actually assist with uh, uh, some of the outreach here. As well, I mean, um, you know, in music, there's a ton of resources at the conservatory here in San Francisco. There's a ton of like real, um, uh, I know, uh, resourcing that would be willing to do this work with with us. We just need to work with you to do the outreach on that. So, um, I think that everything is evolving. So we're going to have a few pain points, but um, 
to Commissioner Shelby's point, I, you know, for music, it's uh, I think it's my it has some of its own unique challenges for really people who really understand music. Yeah, there are at least five original compositions being funded out of the grantees. So I'm, I'm not talking about this. Okay, okay, okay. I'm talking about yes, forward. absolutely. Yes. I understand because um, music is its own world. It's not, you know, it should have its uh, someone on that panel. Who's a musician, a practicing musician? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Forward, you know, and if if it gets to the point where it's a challenge finding someone, that's where you might want to reach out and say, like, do you know someone? It should. And I know these the panelists have to be voted on before to get on that list, right? Well, they have to apply. Yeah. Right. I don't want to take up too much time since we have a number of other things, but like, yes, absolutely. A, this is an important point. Yes, I do agree. I believe all the genres should be represented with, you know, adequate knowledge base when they come to the panel process. All right, thank you. Thank you, Ann. Um, Commissioner Shiota, let me just step in one more moment. Um, I uh, spoke on John Jang's fiscal sponsor. Correction for the record, it is the Asian Pacific American Islander Cultural Center uh, for John Jang for 20,000. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for the for the uh, for the robust discussion. Um, I am now going to call item five, sub item one. Um, I'm going to ask for a final motion. Uh, actually, um, is that the right? Yes, we for the SFA category that was previously discussed. We need a final motion. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to ask for a final motion. All those in favor, say yay. Yeah. Yay. All opposed? Say nay. That motion passes unanimously. Thank you. And for uh, item uh, five, sub item one, um, is there any general public comment? Uh, and that is fiscal year 23 funding recommendations for San Francisco artist grants. We will be taking in person public comment first. Um, for those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you are calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item five, sub item one. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you would like to speak on other items and anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a brief summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. Is there any current um, in public, a public in-person public comment? There looks to be none at this time. Jowie, is there any virtual public comment on this item? No public comment on this item virtually at this time. Uh, public comment is now closed. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to move on to item five, sub item two, which is fiscal year 2023 funding recommendations for the artist legacy grant. So I'd like to introduce program officer Jennifer Chu to present on the fiscal year 23 artistic legacy grant funding recommendations. Uh, hello, commissioners, staff, and members of the public. Again, um, I am pleased to present an overview of the Artistic Legacy Grant. The Artistic Legacy Grant recognizes the impact of an artistic leader who has served a San Francisco-based organization consistently for the last 25 years or more. 
An artistic leader may be an individual that conceives, develops, and implements the artistic vision of an organization. This may include artistic directors, chief artistic officers, program directors, executive directors, or curators. Now for the recommendation. We received eight applications requesting a total of $320,000. The ALG funding recommendations include one applicant for a total of $40,000 over one year. Recent ALG awardees include Eureka Doi of Theater of Yugen, Anne Bleithenthal of ABD slash Skywatchers, and Joanna Highgood of Zako SF. The funding requests include a range of artistic leaders of small and mid-sized arts organizations that engage San Francisco's diverse audiences and communities. They span a range of artistic disciplines, including visual and literary arts, new performance art, theater, large-scale performance installations, African-American and African diasporan art, modern Chinese dance, contemporary dance, and storytelling. The fiscal year 23 ALG funding recommendation is for La Pocha Nostra, Intercultural Performance and Calm Arts Projects. Guillermo Gomez-Pena is a performance artist, writer, activist, radical pedagogue, and the artistic director of La Pocha Nostra. His performance work and 21 books have contributed to debates on cultural, generational, and gender diversity and border culture. La Pocha Nostra was founded in 1993 by three BIPOC artists, Guillermo Gomez-Pena, Roberto Cifuentes, and Nola Mariano. Its mission is to create performances that speak to the lives of our regions, Chicanx slash Lanx, and all people designated as other throughout the world. San Francisco Arts Commission funds will be used to support legacy planning sessions in 2023 and a public program comprising 40 plus years of pioneering interdisciplinary art by Guillermo Gomez Pena, La Pocha Nostra's founder and artistic director. Using participatory performance, media and pedagogy, elements of the artists and organizations unique living archives will be reimagined, activated and made accessible as St. Joseph's Art Society in 2024 through a workshop for local artists and public performance. Commissioners, thank you for your time and consideration. Let me know if you have any questions. Thank you so much. Um, so in keeping with uh, the order of things, um, I'm going to call for a motion to approve the funding recommendation of the Artist Legacy Grant Panel to award one grant to link $40,000 to the following organization and to enter into a grant agreement not to exceed the following at this time. La Pocha Nostra Intercultural Performance and Comms Calm Arts Project, $40,000. Do I have a motion? Commissioner Brenzel, so moved. Thank you. Do I have a second? Before we do a motion, we're opening up for discussion and comments from potential commissioners on La Pocha Nostra. Thank you. <laughs> Commissioner McCoy here, I just have one uh, question. Was this a uh, grant pool for one awardee? Yes, okay. one awardee, $40,000 over one year. And how many applicants were to be have? We had eight applicants um, requesting a total of $320,000. Okay. Thank you. Is the award, I'm sorry, the award is to an organization or, or an artist? Um, it's, it's to an arts organization representing, like acknowledging the work of an artistic leader who has served that organization consistently for 25 years or more in artistic capacity. Mm -hmm. So it's an organization grant, but. Thank you so much. Um, so we did have a motion uh, to approve 
Um, and um, did we get a second? I'll do a second, Commissioner McCoy. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to ask for a final motion. All those in favor, say yay. 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 Any opposed, say nay. That motion passes unanimously. Um, for item number five, sub item two, general public comment. Is there any public comment on fiscal year 23 funding recommendations for the artist legacy grant? We will be taking public comment in person, uh, public comment in person comments first. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen and we are currently on item five, sub item two. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you like to speak on other items. And anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a brief summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to sface.grants at sfgov.org. Um, is there currently any uh, in-person public comment? There looks to be no in-person public comment at this time. Jowie, is there virtual public comment? There is no virtual public comment at this time. Public comment is now closed. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to move on to item five. This is sub item three, which is fiscal year 23 funding recommendations for the creative space grants. Um, so I'm going to introduce program officer and tricky to present on the fiscal year 23 creative span space grant funding recommendations. Thank, Thank you. you. Hopefully you're not tired of me yet. All right, so we're going to talk about creative space. Uh, this is the other category I uh, oversaw this year. We received 12 applications this year in the creative space category, which is about consistent with the last couple of years. Applicant interest was evenly distributed across the three funding areas, which for this category are planning, you're pre-planning the facilities one and then facilities two. Um, we had 11 applicants who were returning or previously funded organizations with only one new applicant in this category, although that organization was not new to the Arts Commission. I do want to thank Deputy Director Joanne Lee, Director of Community Investments Denise Pate, and Capital Program Manager Lisa Zayas Chen. They helped put together a great list of panelists to choose from. We had a wide swath of representation across space investment from an individual artist and business owner to an internationally renowned museum facilities manager. So they really helped put it together and I just wanna thank them you know, publicly. <laughs> thank you so much, Joanne. Um, and Denise. Uh, for this round, we are excited to be funding projects supporting sound, lighting, seating upgrades. Many of these folks highlighted their need to do so after reopening post-COVID, right? They saw that the spaces had worn down. Now is a chance before we really reopen and have as many audience members as we did before, so let's, let's do the improvements. Um, I again would like to lift up two specific projects for this category. The first is this incredibly innovative project between Women's Audio Mission and Dolby Labs. This project leverages a major technical support investment from Dolby and will make their space, the Women's Audio Mission space, one of the most cutting edge immersive audio facilities in the state of California. So that is really exciting. Uh, the second project I wanna highlight is a planning design for shade structures at Yerba Buena Gardens. This project will improve and upgrade their outdoor venue that serves over 80,000 audience members a year. 
So that's really exciting for us and these organizations. Um, and that concludes my comments. Thank you so much. Yeah, those are exciting. Um, so, uh, I'm going to ask for a motion to approve the funding recommendations of the creative space grant panel to award 6 grants. Totaling 336,161 dollars to the following organizations and to enter into grant agreements not to exceed the following at this time. Um, the 1st is art of the matter performance foundation 50,000 dollars bindle stiff studios. 36,161. Magic Theater Incorporated, $50,000. Women's Audio Mission, $100,000. Yerba Buena Arts and Events, $50,000. Youth Art Exchange, the fiscal sponsor being Tide Center at $50,000. And I would like to call for commissioner discussion or comments. Commissioner McCoy here. I have a question about the categories or the non-categories of disciplines here. Um, just curious to see if we consider or we receive applicants from game design. In this category In specifically? This category, so it, this... is that included or looked at as uh, in the digital art from, from um, games? So this category specifically serves space no matter yeah. what the organization okay. is? Um, out of these, you know, they're not talking about, they're not talking so much about their programmatic work because they're talking about the space. Does that make sense? Like they're, the projects are like, here's my planning. Here's my architectural drawings. Here's, you know, my board members. It's less about what the programming okay. they do in the space. It's more about how are they going to build out the space? The space. Okay. Thank yeah. you for that clarification. Absolutely. We did get some game design. We always get some game design in the artist category. Okay. I actually was with the space that I was, okay. I was uh, curious about. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Any other commissioner questions or comments? Thanks. Um, so do we have a motion? So move Marcus Shelby. Thank you. Do we have a second? Mm -hmm. Second, Commissioner McCoy. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to call, uh, ask for a final motion on this item. All those in favor say yay. 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 And any opposed? Thank you. This item passes unanimously. And um, for item five, sub item three, I'm going to call for general public comment. Is there any public comment on fiscal year funding recommendations for the Creative Spaces grant? We will be taking in person public comments first. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you are listening via WebEx. If you are calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen, and we are currently on item five, sub item three. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking and you will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you would like to speak on other items and anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a brief summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. Do we have any in person public comment? There is no in-person public comment at this time. Joey, do we have any virtual public comment? There is no virtual public comment at this time. Public comment is now closed.
Thank you. Um, I'm going to continue on to item five, sub item four, which is fiscal year 23 funding recommendations for the cultural equity initiatives. So I will introduce senior program officer Debbie Ng uh, to present on the FY23 cultural equity initiatives funding recommendations. Thank you. Excuse me. Thank you, Chair Shiota. I'm back again. Hello, everyone. Um, it's my pleasure to present an overview of the cultural equity initiatives grant category. Uh, this program supports small and mid-sized arts organizations deeply rooted in San Francisco communities with core support grants up to $100,000 over two years. CEI prioritizes funding to organizations deeply rooted and connected to BIPOC, LGBTQ, and gender variant people, and people with disabilities and women, as well as other communities identified in the cultural equity endowment legislation. We received 66 grant applications requesting a total of $5,835,500. CEI funding recommendations include 35 applicants for a total of $3,065,000. There's a whole, um, there's a range of how this funding is critical to helping small and mid-sized arts organizations in San Francisco, and I'd like to highlight a few. First, um, we have the San Francisco African American Historical and Cultural Society. They are a new CEI applicant and a first-time grantee of ours. They educate African Americans and others about the history and culture of San Francisco's African American community. And they'll, they'll use the funds to hire a part-time staff member to support their programs and administration, and most notably an archive of San Francisco's Black community. Um, and and an, another incredible uh, applicant is Urban Jazz uh, Dance Company, which creates opportunities for deaf, hard of hearing, and disabled artists to contribute to the arts and larger society by promoting educational awareness of deaf issues through the performing arts. They will use the funds to convert its director and company and festival assistant director from contractors to employees, as well as hire two senior administrative employees. So this work does, um, this grant really helps organizations shore up their infrastructure and um, pay their uh, staff uh, more equitable and living wages. We have two other applicants who will use the programming to present ongoing and new artistic programming in, in person. Theater Rhinoceros, which develops and produces works of theater that enlighten, enrich, and explore the ordinary and extraordinary aspects of our queer community, will use the funds to support rental and program expenses for its new home, an intimate theater space at 4229 18th Street. And Biddlestiff Studio, which cultivates artists who reflect and celebrate the diverse values and traditions and histories of Filipino and Filipino American cultures through bold artistic expression and community engagement, will use the funds to support live performances to attract regular visitors to SOMA and contribute to the revitalization of downtown San Francisco as we recover from the pandemic. So two examples of theaters who are using the funds to attract audiences, to bring people together in real person and community. And finally, I'd like to highlight one other organization that will help uh, use the funds to deepen their community engagement with diverse communities. The Chinese Culture Foundation of San Francisco, which elevates the underserved and is a voice for equality in Chinatown, will use the funds to support its core operations that uplift and highlight Asian American artists and ensure community members have access to arts in Chinatown that reflect 
diverse and unique perspectives. And um, those are just a few of the um, many organizations we're asking you to consider to uh, approve today, commissioners. Um, thank you for your time and consideration again. Thank you. Um, so I am going to put forward uh, for a motion to approve the funding recommendations of the cultural equity initiatives panel to award 35 grants totaling 3 million 65,000 dollars to the following organizations and to enter in a grant agreements not to exceed the following at this time. Number 1 is the 3rd South Asian independent film. Third Eye South Asian Independent Film, $100,000. Number two is African Arts Academy, $75,000. Number three, Anne uh, Bluthenthal and Dancers, $100,000. Number four is Arena's Dance Company. Fiscal sponsor is World Arts West, $50,000. Number five, Arts Co Lab. Fiscal sponsor is ASEAN Latino. Number six, Ant Loot Foundation, $100,000. Number seven, Bindlestiff Studios, $100,000. Number eight, Chinese Cultural Production Productions, $100,000. Number nine, Chinese Cultural Foundation of San Francisco, $100,000. Number 10, Clarin Alley Mural Project. The fiscal sponsor is Independent Arts and Media at $75,000. Uh, number 11 is the Dunia Dance and Drum Company, fiscal sponsor, Dancers Group Incorporated, 100,000. Number 12 is First Exposures, fiscal sponsors, the Tide Center at $100,000. Number 13 is Honey Art Studio, fiscal sponsor, New Community Leadership Foundation, Inc., 100,000. Number 14, Intermusic SF, 100,000. 15, Intersection for the Arts, 100,000. Number 16, Kulintang Arts Incorporated, 100,000. 17, Little Boxes Theater. Fiscal sponsor is Independent Arts and Media at 50,000. Number 18 is Lizette Wanzer Projects. Fiscal sponsor, Intersection for the Arts, 25,000. Number 19 is Manila Town Heritage Foundation, 100,000. Number 20 is Parangal Dance Company, 50,000. 21 is playground at 100,000. 22 red poppy art house, the fiscal sponsor intersection for the arts, 100,000. 23 Robert Moses Kin, 100,000. 24 Sakuro Matsuri Incorporated, 100,000. 25 San Francisco African American Historical and Cultural Society, 50,000. 26, San Francisco Music Mission Corporation, 25,000. 27 is Shipyard Trust for the Arts, 100,000. 28 is Stage Right and their fiscal sponsors, Intersection for the Arts, 100,000. 29 is Theater Bay Area, 100,000. Time, two hours, 19 minutes, 11 seconds. 30, yeah, no worries. Steps. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> um, 44. Number 30 is Theater of the Yugen, 100,000. Uh, number 31, Theater Rhinoceros, Inc. at 100,000. 32 is The Marsh, a breeding ground for new performance, 100,000. And 34 is, 33, excuse me, is Urban Jazz Dance Company, fiscal sponsor, Intersection for the Arts, 100,000. 
34 is Voices of Witness, a nonprofit public benefit corporation, 100,000. And 35 is Youth Art Exchange, fiscal sponsors, the Tide Center at 100,000. Um, I'd like to call for any commissioner discussion or comments or questions. And um, actually, I, I have a question or a comment um, for the new commissioners. Can you talk a little bit about um, how it's good because sometimes they'll see one organization on two different grants. So can you speak to that at all in terms of the separation or the, yeah. Sure. Um, thank you, Commissioner Shira. So you're um, probably wondering about eligibility and um, so the different grant categories. There are um, distinct eligibility criteria for applicants. Um, you uh, one of the main ones is if you are a uh, current grantee and you have an open grant in that category, you cannot apply in that same category until your grant closes. So that's one one area where an applicant um, will not be eligible to apply if they have a current grant that's open with us. Um, however, if your grants are closed and you're not a current grantee and you meet the eligibility criteria, you can apply in various categories like creative space, our space grants program, as well as our cultural equity initiative. So as long as you meet the, the basic criteria and the eligibility, you don't have an open grant, you're in good standing with us um, and other funding agencies, um, you are eligible to apply. Is, does that answer your question or? Yeah, I guess I wanted to, because we, you know, we do have new commissioners. And so, okay, if I was a space, right, and I needed seats and I put in for the creative space, right? So that is specifically for infrastructure yes. or, you know, things that are needed to, for the space itself. And then if I had a, a, a festival that I wanted to produce in that space. Mm -hmm. Could I go for two grants at the same time in the two different categories? Yeah, that's a great question. So you can't get funding for the same project from two different grant programs. So a space grant is completely, an, and an ask for that is completely separate from programming or hiring staff or, um, you know, um, producing a new work of art. So there's, um, different different um, grant categories for different purposes, and you can't um, apply for the same project in two different grant programs. Thank you. Yeah. Any other questions? I don't have a question, but uh, just a comment because um, I believe this is this is one of my favorite branding programs <clears throat> because, um, as you can see, you know this grant means a lot to these organizations. It's either half their budget or, you know, a quarter of their budget, a third of their budget. And either way, it's almost like necessary for them to survive. And so I'm really happy that um, that this grant program exists and that um, staff work so hard to get this money to to these fledgling programs. I mean, I know many of them. I don't know all of them, but I know that they have to mean a lot to the various organization so i'm just this is more of a, like a, a thank you and a and a um a recognition of how important these funds are not that the individual artist funds aren't important or the or space pro <laughs> but this one affects so many people as far as having the organizations be able to you know survive in some cases and other ones to do the work that they're doing Uh, 
This is Commissioner Brenzel. I have a question that's maybe related to all the grants, but I'm just curious what the feedback loop is for this committee or commissioners. Do we hear from grantees along the way? At some point, I'm sure you all and staff get reports at, at some point. Is, is that something that comes back before this committee or before the commission uh, periodically? Just it's a lot of investment and be wonderful to hear from the hear about how how it went. That's a really, I mean, I'll, I'll start and maybe Joanne, you can jump in. I think that's a really great question and we'd love to find a way to um, provide that feedback loop as you mentioned. Um, Certainly, um, staff have a lot of contact with our wonderful grantees. We get the benefit of um, going to their events and reading their reports and conducting site visits and really supporting them through the life of the grant. Mm -hmm. I would also welcome um, you all to consider attending um, performances and, and maybe there's a way we can um, support that engagement uh, from the commissioners with the grantees um, and we'd be open to exploring uh, possibilities. Um, I don't know, Joanne, if you have any suggestions or recommendations, but I think you covered it. Yeah, I, I'd love that. And you know, maybe there's a way to provide present highlights. Yeah. Um, at a future as a future meeting. Yeah. So post award. Yeah. Kind of like a midpoint highlight. Yeah. How are our grantees doing? Um, what are some images, visuals, and potential yeah. media to share? We'd be happy to put together some packets. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I could see that being very helpful, both for commissioners, but also for the public to also be sort of seeing mm -hmm. um, kind of the results in action. So, thank you. Thank you. I will say that um, Pam, uh, applicants are allowed to sh actually be at the the uh, panel reviews, mm -hmm. they can't speak or comment, but they're able to kind of be there in real time um, under the sunshine laws. Yeah, which is very instructive because they're really robust. And uh, you might hear something you don't want to hear. You're an artist. <laughs> <laughs> You're an artist. <laughs> That's right. I never. <laughs> I never showed up to mine. <laughs> I applied three times. I never showed up once. But that sounds like it would be very humbling. <laughs> um, so uh, again, I have a motion to approve the funding recommendations of the Cultural Equity Initiatives Panel to award uh, the thirty-five grants uh, that I read, totaling three million sixty-five thousand um, dollars, to the organizations listed, uh, and to enter in a grant agreements not to exceed the following at this time. So. Do I have a motion? Uh, Commissioner Brenzel, so moved. Second, Commissioner Shelby. Thank you so much. Um, I'll ask for a final motion. All those in favor, say yay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Opposed, say nay. Seeing none, uh, that all those uh, pass unanimously. Thank you so much. That's a lot of money going to a lot of organizations. So mm -hmm. thank you for the work. Um, it was a lot. Uh, I'm now going to call item five, cyber item four, which is general public comment uh, on this item. Is there any public comment on fiscal year 23 funding recommendations for the cultural equity initiatives grants? We will be taking in person public comments first um, for those joining remotely. Please raise your hand if you are listening via Webex. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are now on the screen. And we are currently on um, item five, sub item four. 
As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you would like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period um, at today's meeting can send a brief summary of the comments to be included in the minutes. If it is 150 words or less, to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. Is there currently any uh, in-person public comment? There looks to be none at this time. Any virtual public comment, Jowie? We have two. We have two. Um, first caller, welcome to the Arts Commission um, Community Investments Meeting. We are on item five, sub-item four, FY23 funding recommendations for the cultural equity initiatives. You have three minutes and I will start your time once you begin speaking and you will be muted once your time is up. Uh, hi, my name is Al Williams. I'm uh, president of the San Francisco African American Historical and Cultural Society. Uh, two comments. I wanted to acknowledge the, this is our first time applying, and I wanted to acknowledge the, the tremendous support and uh, assistance we got from staff in getting through the process. It was uh, uh, really complex and complicated for us, but with the support of the staff, uh, we were able to get through. So I wanted to compliment them uh, and also then to thank the the your body for your consideration and for the affirmative recommendation uh, we look forward to um, uh, proving uh, our deservingness of that uh, of the grant of fifty thousand dollars so thank you very much thank you Next caller, welcome to the Arts Commission Community Investments Meeting. We are on um, item five, sub item four, FY23 funding recommendations. You have three minutes and I will set your time when you begin speaking. You will be muted when your time is up. Hi, uh, Barbara Ockle again, uh, president of Shipyard Trust for the Arts. I just wanted to say that I'm really, really grateful to receive this funding for our organization from the San Francisco Arts Commission. And I just wanted to make sure you all knew um, that we have a open studios event coming up. If you have not been out to the shipyard recently and have seen all, all our artists and the big increase in diversity in our artists that we have worked for so hard, uh, please come out and see us on April 29th and 30th uh, from 11 to 6, both days. It's it's great fun. We have a lot of vendors. We have. Um, a jazz trio performing, and so um, you should have a good time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Joey, is there any further public comment at this time? There is no further public comment. Public comment as, and is now closed. For the record, uh, Commissioner Shiota had to step out at, as of uh, 2.45 p.m., so uh, for the time being, Commissioner Shelby will now be chairing the uh, mini meeting. Thank you very much. Uh, and we're on item six, Native American arts and cultural traditions, special grants, uh, a discussion and possible action. I'd like to introduce program officer Jonelle Molina uh, to present on the Native American arts and cultural traditions, special grants. Cool. cool. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Shelby, commissioners, staff, and members of the public. Yeah, I'm pleased to bring forth an overview of the Native American Arts and Cultural Tradition Special Grant, acronym NAHCT-SPX grant. Uh, the NAHC 
CTSPX grant is a re-granting program created to address emerging and existing needs within the arts ecosystem of the San Francisco Native American communities and intentionally funding two nonprofit arts and or culture organizations deeply rooted in Native American communities and SF, whom have a criteria and process for redistribution of funds, an explanation of how the NACCT-SPX funds will activate emerging and established artists, artwork and events highlighting Native American culture and traditions and emergent forms as well as once again, being San Francisco based artists in organizations or products, uh, projects. So we received two grant applications requesting a total of $200,000 and the NAACT-SPX funding grant recommendations include two cultural centers, right? These two cultural centers have a history of engaging with the Native American communities in San Francisco and the organizations will serve as a fiscal sponsor who will provide technical support and guidance to these emerging and established Native American artists and organizations in SF through their crafts, their art forms, and events in the community. And so I'd like to highlight these two cultural centers that are being rec recommended. Uh, the first is the American Indian Cultural Center, AICC, and San Francisco Arts Commission's funds will be used to support AICC's re-granting program called the Cultural Arts Fellowship for Native Artists. Through this project-based regranting program, AICC will provide fiscal and programming support to the American Indian Alaskan Native, AIAN acronym, arts community in San Francisco, and open up opportunities for artists and culture bearers who are deeply rooted in their communities and are committed to passing on ancestral knowledge and cultural practices within their tribal communities to build on their own one-of-a-kind cultural traditions, while also adding new ideas and arts increase their cultural potential, right? So AICC was established in 1968, over five plus decades, right? And it continues to build a community space based on AIAN values, culture, programming, traditional foods, and community support in SF and the greater Bay Area community. Um, and uh, happy to announce AICC has a new physical location that they're building out at 1863 Mission Street between 14th and 15th Street. And they'll be able to work closer with the American Indian Cultural District to provide the Native American SF community with access to technology resources, economic sustainability, and support artists in their creative processes. Uh, the other cultural center for recommendation is the Queer Cultural Center, QCC. Uh, SFAC funds will be used to support QCC's Seeds Incubator Regranting Program providing core operating and artistic support to improve the financial situation of emerging two-spirit and indigenous queer and trans organizations with capacity building activities such as regranting funds, cohort convenings, free artistic development, and fundraising workshops in a community level evaluation. And since 1998, QCC has built San Francisco's nonprofit queer arts community by assisting its leading artists, and arts administrators to strengthen their organizational capacities, right? Curated and produced 25 month long national queer arts festivals that have featured over 2000 LGBTQ plus artists in 800 plus different arts events. Uh, QCC has a proven track record of supporting a diverse diversity of indigenous communities in San Francisco's emerging LGBTQ2S plus 
and BIPOC individual artists and arts organizations. Uh, QCC provides free and affordable grant proposal writing, artistic program planning, fiscal sponsorship and capacity building workshops to arts organizations led by BIPOC, lesbians, trans and gender non-conforming people. Um, commissioners, thank you for your time and consideration. Well, I wanna thank you um, for that report. <laughs> Um, and um, we now would like to um, have a commissioner discussion and comments. Commissioner Shelby, we first must uh, have a motion to approve the funding recommendations and then list out our two proposed grantees. Okay, it's backwards on here. <laughs> Let you know. It's all good. <laughs> all right, uh, we'd like to ask for a final motion. All those in favor? Oh. Uh, let's go back up to. And it's the uh, after the two minute NAACT NAACT. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, we'd like to have a motion to approve the funding recommendations of the Native American Arts and Cultural Traditions Special Grant Panel uh, to award two grants totaling $200,000 to the following organizations and to enter into grant agreements not to exceed the following at this time the American Indian Cultural Center of San Francisco, $100,000. A QCC, the Center for Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, Art, and Culture for $100,000. Now, do we have any discussions or comments? Seeing none, uh, we'd like to have a final motion. All those in favor, say yay. Yay. All opposed, say nay. Uh, Commissioner Shelby, um, we will need to make a motion. There was just a previous motion. Um, someone needs to second the motion. Second, sorry, second. Maybe get a second motion. I'll, I'll, I'll go back. Um, I'd like to ask for a final motion. A previous um, first motion, motion to approve, and then we must have another commissioner second the the. So moved, Commissioner McCoy. Thank you. Seconded. Commissioner Brown. So we have a first and a second. All those in favor say yay. Yay. All opposed say nay. <laughs> you did well. <laughs> Not a read. Not a order. <laughs> I was just going to go eat lunch out there. I like it. Thank you so much. Um, Commissioner Shiota, we are currently, um, we've just called a motion for item five or item six, excuse me. And uh, we are now calling item six uh, general public comment. Thank you. So I will call uh, item six that that motion passed unanimously. Yeah is what I saw. Okay. Thanks so much for um, stepping in on the fly. Commissioner Shelby, appreciate it. Um, I'm calling item six, general public, uh, general public comment. Is there any public comment on the Native American Arts and Cultural Traditions special grant? We will be taking uh, in-person public comment first for those joining remotely. Please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue and instructions are on screen. We are currently on item six. 
As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you would like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a brief summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. There looks to be no public in-person public comment at this time. Is there any virtual public comment? There are two. We have two callers in the queue. Uh, welcome to the San Francisco Arts Commission Community Investments Meeting. We are on item six, Native American Arts and Cultural Tradition Special Grants. Caller, you have three minutes. I will start your time once you begin speaking, and you will be muted once your time is up. Thank you so much. Uh, are you able to hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Anand Kalra. I'm the Executive Director of QCC, the uh, Center for LGBT Art and Culture, also known as Queer Cultural Center. Um, just want to express my gratitude to the Arts Commission panelists for reviewing the, um, the application and, and approving us for funding. We are very, very excited about our partnerships with uh, our Indigenous community members, uh, particularly Indigenous Two-Spirit and LGBT-identified folks. Um, there are a number of organizations in the city of San Francisco that are small and uh, scrappy and very resourceful. And we are very excited to be able to, um, through this regranting program, provide additional support for these communities. Um, as I think everyone in the room already knows, um, indigenous communities uh, face a lot of discrimination and are you know, often last to be considered for opportunities such as this. So we're really excited and grateful to the commission for prioritizing this um, and uh, really looking forward to, uh, to reporting back on how the, uh, how the process goes and the outcomes we're able to churn out. Thank you so much. I'll um, see the rest of the time. Thank you. Uh, it looks to be that there is no other hands raised in the queue um, for public comment. Thank you so much. Public comment is now closed. Thank you, Thank Commissioner you. Shiota. <laughs> So I'm going to move on to uh, item seven, which is commissioner site visits to cultural centers. And this is a discussion and I'd like to uh, introduce deputy director of programs, Joanne Lee. Thank you, commissioner Shiota. Good afternoon commissioners. I want to 1st, start off by thanking you for all the time that you've taken to visit our cultural centers after the, you know, over the last couple of months. Um, I hope that you have found them to be. You know, interesting and informative and um, hoping that you'll go back and visit them and see some of their performances and their exhibitions. I believe that over, um, you know, at our last meeting, um, we heard reports um, from your visits to the Queer Cultural Center, Mission Cultural Center, um, API Cultural Center and Soma Arts. And so most recently, um, some of you visited um, the Bayview Opera House and the American Indian Cultural Center. I believe that was Commissioner Benavides um, and uh, Shiota and Commissioner Musley, who isn't here today. And then recently, the visits to the visit to the African American Art and Culture Complex was um, conducted by Commissioners Benavides, Collins, and Shelby. So I wanted to, um, I guess, just open it up and let um, hear about your visits if you want to um, tell us about it and share with your fellow commissioners. Hi, uh, any of the other commissioners want to chime in? 
I spoke about my my visit to the opera house. It was really great to meet the new executive director. It was great to hear about their programming. Um, really good to see uh, the community center right across the street. So all the artwork that we've been looking that we looked at years ago in visual arts committee, um, all from the Bayview uh, artist registry, over 200 artists represented in that building. Um, the exterior, the architecture, like it's all great. And the uh, opera house looks great. So I, I'm, it's always a good time. I, I highly recommend it. Did, did they have any, um, you know, the number of the centers are um, bringing up some of their structural challenges. Did they mention anything going on there, um, building-wise or infrastructure? Um, I think more, um, this is Commissioner Shiota, um, more, I think, I think they're, they're really focusing on programming because, as you know, they did a full renovation, mm -hmm. you know, that took about 12 years to do. <laughs> 20. <laughs> and so a lot of their, I'm going to say their systems are up to date, you know, their HVAC, their electrical, right? Mm -hmm. well, a lot of the centers can't, certainly can't say that. Yeah. Um, but, um, and they got it painted and it looks great inside and out. Now they're really trying to focus on outreach programming, um, you know, utilization of the space now that they're back open. What does that mean for everyone? How does everybody feel about being indoors, gathering in, in mat, you know, in, in big public forums? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so I think they're just really trying to focus on how to serve the community and what they want. Yeah, um, Commissioner McCoy here. I actually did not get a chance to visit the opera house, but I live in the community, and uh, the uh, executive director McCoy has uh, done an incredible amount of work with his staff because uh, the community is certainly responding to the programming, and um, there's lots of chatter about the opera center, right? Uh, uh, opera house right now. So the community is. I'm speaking for the community. <laughs> Very excited about that. So. Uh, any other commissioner comments? Um, well, oh, it was good to hear from Barbara in her new position, Barbara Ockel. But um, I, I got a chance to see the um, African-American Cultural Center um, and Soma Arts and the Mission Cultural Center. Um, and I think I spoke at it, spoke about it at the general meeting, at the full commission meeting. But um, all of these organizations are working hard. Some of them are preparing for moves or temporary moves as they go through renovation. Um, I think the mission, the mission cultural center, and also uh, certainly the the uh, AAACC, and um, I'm not sure about Soma Arts. No. So I think one of the challenges is what is going to happen to a lot of the studio spaces that are being rented at these places? Where do they go and and how we might be able to assist in you know, some of its timed around um, cultural events like um, like a carnival. Um, so I'm I'm just I'm just hoping that we can be of assistance in helping some of these organizations who are. You know, it's, it's it's another year, I think, for both of them. Uh, I I just had a funny funny thought, but don't we have a lot of open plan startup offices that <laughs> don't have tenants? Oh yeah, they're just big open spaces, right? Oh, I know, right? That could be really interesting. 
I'm just I'm just spitballing, but <laughs> right. But you know, all the all the uh, startup offices, tech offices were just open plan. Like they don't have desks; they've just got big floors. Yeah, um, or some of our or other or um, centers that might have the capacity, or neighboring places like with Mission Cultural Center, they're right next to Dance Mission Theater. There might be something there, um, but that's gonna. Come up. Um, this what? what um, what's the timeline on African American arts and culture? Come right now. Um, our best guess is that they both will be um, moving out of their facilities about summer of 2024. Um, probably two years mm -hmm. is our is our best guess. These are substantial, you know, seismic renovations to both of their buildings. We are working with them. Um, as they make their plans to partner with other community organizations where they can program in. Um, they are, we're starting conversations with the Office of Economic and Workforce Development around with their staff who work in the corridors mm -hmm. um, and to look at vacant uh, storefront space that they might be able to do pop-up mm -hmm. work in. Um, and so that's all. You know, it's all happening. It is it is a year away, but they are making their plans. Um, I do want to add that I believe that a, that some of our cultural center directors are online. If you have any questions for them, also that they um, are attending today, like they did at the last meeting. Mm -hmm. So I want to recognize that. Commissioner Brenzel, did you? Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Is there uh, any public comment on item seven? Commissioner site visits to cultural centers. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, we will be taking in person public comments first for those joining remotely. Please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen and we are currently on item seven. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you would like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period of today's meeting can send a brief written summary of the comments to be included of the minutes in 50, if it is 150 words or less, to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. There looks to be no in-person in person public comment at this time. Jowie, is there any virtual public comment? There is one caller. Uh, welcome to the San Francisco Arts Commission Community Investments Meeting. We are currently on item seven, commissioner site visits to cultural centers. Caller, you have three minutes. I will start your time once you begin speaking and you will be muted once your time is up. You begin, maybe begin oh, speaking. hi. Hi. <laughs> it's me again, Barbara, uh, previous um, ED of the Baby Opera House. I appreciate Commissioner Shelby's uh, question about the facility. And I just wanted to, um, you know, say a couple of things about the facility. This is a historic building and it is very old and it needs certain care. And um, there was a mention that the building was painted inside and out. And that is true. Um, the building was painted inside and out. The inside looks really good. The outside, however, it was painted in 2017. 
and um, the ex that was money that the Bayview Opera House raised itself for the painting as the renovation money ran out without being able to paint. And so um, there's quite a bit of damage to the paint job on the exterior that maybe you don't see when you look, you know, superficially, but as um, having, you know, gone in and out there like for 13 years, I, I do notice every crack. And uh, I got a quote just before I left about a year ago for $45,000 to repaint all the sides of the opera house and including um, replacing some um, rotting panels that excluded the north side historic entrance, which is because it doesn't get any sun, was still in good shape. There's really a new paint job, like a refreshment paint job needed. And I would highly encourage the Arts Commission to try to take care of that before more damage occurs. And I'd be happy to give more detail if anybody uh, wants it. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any further public comment at this time, Joey? There is some. There is no further public comment. Uh, uh, public comment is now closed. Thank you. Um, I'll now call item eight. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Um, item eight is the staff report. Um, and I'm going to introduce director of community investments, Denise Pate to present the staff report. All right. She is, yep. She's joining us virtually. I'm here. Thank you so much. I'm coming to you from Washington, D.C. I'm at a uh, national board meeting for Dance USA. Uh, and thanks to the magic of technology uh, and a wonderful staff, the community investments team uh, really has this down and has done such a wonderful job. This is a heavy lift. Uh, I feel completely confident. Uh, in their ability to handle this with me not there. So, um, but again, I'm glad to be here. So, uh, this was like a really a great year. Um, this is my second year. So, I've been able to see um, a complete year of this happening. I've been here for 18 months and I'm really pleased with the progress that the team has made in their management of the whole grant process from you know, the creation of the guidelines all the way to creating the documents for this meeting. And you see these handy graphics uh, that the team has done. Uh, Ari has done a wonderful job and all of the program officers putting together the information and making sure that it's accurate. So again, I'd like to thank them. Uh, we are almost fully staffed um, and we are welcoming a program associate. Pro uh, program associate Frank Ortiz uh, is coming to us. Uh, he was, uh, they were previously a program associate at the Patrick J. McCovern Foundation, working on the data practice team supporting grants management, research, strategic planning, and program development and implementation. And Frank is a first-generation Mexican-American raised in the East Bay. Frank graduated from the University of California, Merced, with a BA in political science. So we're happy to welcome him to our team. Also, uh, our program officer, senior program officer uh, posting just closed on April 15th and that with the uh, hiring of that staff position, filling that position will be fully staffed. So we hope to have final interviews in mid-May and uh, our target start date is mid-June. Uh, also, the team has been working on a new grants management system 
particularly Molly Behrens, our compliance officer, who's been working really hard on this management system, which will really um, create greater efficiencies in all areas of our grants management work. So uh, we're looking forward to that happening. I just signed the invoice um, for another part of the, the process just recently. So um, again, thank you so much uh, for all of your work, uh, the, the CI team, and thank you so much commissioners for your attendance and your visiting the, the cultural centers and really being there to support the grants management team. Thank you. Thank you very much for that presentation. Um, I want to see if there's any commissioner discussion or comments or questions for Director Pate. Uh, seeing none, is there any public comment on item eight, which is the staff report? Thank you, Commissioner. We'll be taking in person public comments first. Uh, for those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen and we are currently on item eight. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you would like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a brief summary of the comments to be included in the minutes, if it is 150 words or less, to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. There looks to be um, no in-person public comment at this time. Jolly, is there any virtual public comment? There is no virtual public comment at this time. Public comment is now closed. Thank you. I'm going to go to item nine, which is new business and announcements. Um, and uh, is there any commissioner discussion or comments or announcements? Uh, just one announcement, more of a comment. Just again, uh, this is a heavy lift, a heavy, it's a huge part of what we do. And just thank, thanks to the staff. I mean, this is, it's amazing. Um, and, and I've been a commissioner now for 10 years, so I've seen, you know, this over and over. And I and I do know how much work goes into it. I haven't been a panelist. I haven't been an an, an applicant, and the commissioner now. So uh, I can I know I can speak for all the commissioners here that um, we're very thankful. As this is a a major part of what we do. Major is getting the money out the door to the artists and the organizations. And there has to be an open process. There has to be a vigorous process. There has to be a fair process. And all of those were accomplished at the highest level. And yeah, we're going to have questions, you know, artists call us, they're passionate. We have to speak for these artists. We have to, especially if you're an artist. Um, but, um, we support you all 100%. Um, and we just want to give our thanks, um, for the work that was done, particularly for this process. So, so. Commissioner Brenzel, I second that. <laughs> Yeah, and just as a historic note for new commissioners, so before they used to have rolling grant cycles, so maybe the space grants would be in Q1 and then um, performance grants would be in Q2, and so they would be taking in applications, doing panels, and then a few, I'd say seven years ago or so, they decide, they changed the process and then they're doing it all at once. But if you look, I mean, some of the grant reading material is a stack like that. If you're looking at 40, you know, pretty robust 
applications, the reading, as they said, is hours and hours. It's it is a a, a commitment, and they read all of them. So, mm -hmm. um, so it's probably you know before it gets to the before, panelists. That's right, and then they have to sort it, and then they have to find the panelists and all the things. So, um, it it's it seems like we, you know, we're talking fast and we're you know kind of pushing things quickly but it's 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 a whole year's worth of work that mm -hmm. comes to this so if you can attend a panel even as an observer and you know um, we all know so many of the arts organizations that are funded and the individual artists um, be able to see what they do with that money it's kind of mind-boggling um so and, and even, even if you oh i'm sorry I was just going to ask the timeline for the cultural ambassadors and the panelists. Like, what, like, are the when when we talked earlier? When do you need our help? I mean, always, but like, is there you know t tomorrow is the deadline for? I just have no sense of when that timing is in the year. Yeah, great, great question, and um, just appreciation for your comments, Chair Shioda and um, Commissioner Shelby. Um, you know, we have a rolling deadline for panelists. Um, so any time of the year, the application is open. We encourage and we can share that um, link with you all after today. Um, thank you for getting the word out. Um, uh, we, if uh, panelists wants to serve on the spring uh, application review panels, it's best to have them turn it in by December, just so we can, or earlier, so we can start reaching out. And we do a really intensive curation of the panels to ensure that there is a wide range of experience, communities represented and expertise. So it is a matchmaking um, process that we do. And then as far as um, you know, applications, the applications are launched in the fall and we do extensive webinars, community outreach, one-on-one -on -one consultations. So in the fall is when we will announce all of our RFPs and we'd love to share those with you all as well. Um, you know, and these all go through our newsletter, but if it's helpful, we can do a specialized um, you know, individual e or um, group emailed so that you are aware of our deadlines. And we have, we have year round grant programs as well as, you know, but this is certainly our biggest, um, kind of push. So fall is our, our busy time for outreach and applications. Um, but yeah, rolling deadlines for panelists and we love your help uh, immensely. So thank you. I also mentioned that you can, you can go and listen to the recordings of the, uh, panels. If you fill in, uh, you know, want some extra credit, <laughs> go back. I went back and listened because I, you know, people were asking me questions. So I went back and listened. You can, yeah, so you can go back and listen to what, seven hours, eight hours, <laughs> seven hours. Seven yeah. hours. Um, I would also say just for recruitment, um, at, we found that it's a higher success rate if you folks do an introduction. Mm -hmm. Right, so not just sharing the application itself, but if you do an introduction to staff, that tends to have a higher success rate. So if you're willing to do that, we would love it. Mm. And um, I think if if there's a genre that you're looking for, something specific, like I know sometimes with spaces or, you know, um, I know uh, Deputy Director Lee has a background with CAST, like which is built environment, like if you need a specific um, expertise or, or genre that you're missing or that you feel like is coming up, um, then definitely, a, you know, put out the ask task for our networks. That's always just keep at us. <laughs> All right. Um, any other new business announcements? 
You're not performing, Commissioner Shelby. Come on. I'm not going to bore you all with that. Oh, yes. I mean, every week. Where can we find you? <laughs> Oracle Park. <laughs> Watching the baseball game. <laughs> all right. Um, we are currently on item nine. Um, is there any public comment on item nine? New business and announcements. Thank you, Commissioner. We will be taking in person public comments first. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item nine. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you would like to speak on other items. And anyone who speaks during a public comment period today's meeting can send a brief summary to of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. There looks to be no in-person um, public comment. Jowie, is there any virtual public comment? Thank you, um, Jowie. There is no personal um, virtual <laughs> uh, public comment at this time. Public comment is not closed. Thank you so much. I'm going to call item 10, which is adjournment of the meeting. Thanks, everybody.